Welcome, true believer readers, to another episode of Let's Read Spider-Man, the best podcast to break down hard-hitting dialogue such as, just a little disturbance, nothing to worry about. Here to provide analysis for that line, and so much more, is my friend Eddie. How are you today, Eddie? I'm feeling good. Um, you know, it's it's the middle of winter, but uh, we have a special day today, don't we, James B? Yeah, it might not be winter for six more weeks, or it might be winter for six more weeks. I'll have to go check and see if uh, you know who uh, Puxatani Phil. Sorry, Shadow or not? Did you? I don't know if he did. Do you know? I, I'm not sure either. He's not high on. I'm afraid not high on my priority list. I, I went to check the forecast a little better. How are you doing, James B? Uh, today was my first day at a new job. I'm not a librarian anymore, Eddie. I'm a math teacher now. Oh, so. <laughs> well, well, that's kind of a good thing for one of the books in here. Uh, why don't you start us off, James B? Yeah, that's right. You don't want to be a bad librarian. So. <laughs> well, it is Groundhog Day, as we talked about, so let's start off with a furry sidekick hero. From February of 1980, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 90 featuring Spider-Man and the Beast in Death on the Air, written by Steve Grant, art by Mike Bosberg, and Bob McLeod. The Beast is at ESU to to see a tech expo, and every co-ed, including Sissy Ironwood, is infatuated. Thankfully, Shrike and Modular Man uh, show up to steal a condenser, forcing Spidey and the Beast into action. They both get zapped. Shrike is knocked out. The condenser ends up needing more power to work, but the evil duo find the power from the top of a cable broadcasting network. Uh, soon to beam out new channels. Spidey and Beast attack the villains, and after knocking out Shrike using his lightning blasters, he destroys the Modular Man. Not your best, Sammy, by Not the way. my best. I know. I can't, I can't. Not even completely accurate. You're like, <laughs> you're like no, Shrike isn't knocked Sorry. out. Shrike knocks them out. It's okay. uh, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> Sorry. I can do that again if you want me to. No, just tell us the noble moment. All right. Notable moment. The plot of this book significantly revolves around cable TV adding new channels. There's about 15 panels inside the TV network headquarters, except I'm pretty sure cable TV doesn't broadcast through an antenna. (laughs) Not sure if the writers understood this either. Well, Eddie, we're going to do a a large number of books today, and we're going to have to go bang, bang, bang through them. But I... uh... I have a lot more to say about the first couple and then not much to say about later. So if you allow me a moment, Sissy Ironwood's infatuation with Beast allows Peter to sneak away. So that was kind of yeah. kind of worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we learned that Modular Man was introduced to Killer Shrike in a Hulk book and his modules were drifting apart. So he built a skeleton so we could have like his modules like stay within the skeleton frame. Yes. Eddie, on page 10, Spider-Man holds his breath so he won't get gassed. Uh... Man. On page 26, Modular Man grows large, and he looks like the famous King Kong movie poster on top of the building. Yes, I saw that. There is an ever-reoccurring theme of the Beast and Spider-Man betting $10 over and over again. Spider-Man always wins it, by the way. <laughs> I don't think Peter ever collects the money. Even track of that. Yeah, he, and he really needs it, right? I don't know. The Beast doesn't need it. Uh, <laughs> well, why don't you get us on to our next book, James B? All right. This time, uh, hopefully, hopefully you'll do a, a good job with your summary that you wrote. From March of 1980, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 91, featuring Spider-Man and Ghost Rider in Carnival of Souls, once again by Grant, penciled by Broderick, and inked by Patterson. Gloria, Grant, and Peter are at the carnival in Connecticut. Hey. Uh, when they decide to go to the freak show, as Peter watches the show, he recognizes Ghost Rider, but there is something wrong with him. 
They are both thrown out, and Spidey returns that night to investigate uh, further to find Moondar. The magician has hypnotized everyone at the carnival. A bargain basement Spider-Man creature can't subdue Spidey, but a hypnotized Ghost Rider does. As Spidey is chained up, Moondark has the opportunity to tell a fanciful tale of how he was reincarnated in uh, needing to defeat some mythical, powerful master. Spidey gets loose and, with the help of Ghost Rider, breaks Moondark's orb, <laughs> sending him to die again at the hands of his demonic master. Notable moment, Peter and Gloria are on a date. Other than being an interracial couple, I didn't think Gloria was still around, let alone hanging out with Peter so much. Uh, Eddie Moondark references at the start that Spider-Man has fought werewolves before, which foreshadows his later reveal that he met Spider-Man in San Francisco in Marvel Team Up 12. I was like, how does this guy know this? Uh, that was what Peter was there because of the death of Gwen Stacy. Yeah, that's yeah. when he fought Jack Russell, the werewolf. Um, it's yeah. not... There's no clear idea how Ghost Rider got hypnotized, another theme of like people just showing up. There's actually a six-armed freak that does attack Spider-Man. It's the second book in a row that Spider-Man acts disgusted at the death of the villain. And something I didn't have in my notes, thank goodness for Ghost Rider that Spider-Man happened to be at this carnival. Yeah, how long was he going to be sitting there hypnotized for? Yeah. And how long had he been? <laughs> well, I know it had been a month since the next book would come out, and that would be from April of 1980, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 92, featuring Spider-Man and Hawkeye in Fear. Written by Grant, penciled by Infantino, and inked by Marcos. James B., I, I'm going to give you this one, since there's so many books we're covering today. Tell did us you, what happened. Did you read this book? I did. Okay. Okay, thanks. Uh, Hawkeye has a security job since the government kicked him out of the Avengers. Uh, Daredevil's old enemy, Fear, is a villain with an ugly mask and uses gas to inflict uh, fear. Uh, now his nephew has taken the costume. Spider-Man fights some thugs and says, eh, I fought worse than these in my sleep. <laughs> fear attacks and the heroes take turns being afraid. Eventually, Spider-Man overcomes his fear and saves the day. Notable moment, Hawkeye falls to his death but uses a rocket arrow to sort of fly and save himself. It's a great concept for a villain fear, particularly the idea of scaring someone to death. I, I feel like I've seen this somewhere before, but I, I can't totally remember. Uh, but it's a very poor execution making this story interesting. Spidey says once again, he likes to say this pretty often, seeing the funny pages to Hawkeye hmm. at the end. Hmm. He also calls people bunky an awful yes, lot. Yes, a so, lot. So let's see if he does it in this next book. Also, it's back to celebrating Groundhog Day with our furry friends. From May of 1980, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 93, featuring Spider-Man and Werewolf in Rags to Riches by Grant, and apparently penciled by different people every time, Sutton, Infantino, and Jim Mooney. As a jazz trio performs at a gala in L.A., we see Peter in the audience on assignment uh, recognize Jack Russell, the werewolf. The show is interrupted by the ridiculously named Tatter Damalian who's here to take revenge on the rich. As old Tatter burns some money uh, for fun, the venue plunges into darkness, uh, giving Spidey and the werewolf a chance to emerge. Tatty wolfnaps werewolf, so Spidey gives chase. A veiled woman likes what she sees when looking at Spidey. Uh, Spidey tries to catch up to Tatty in the sewer, and although his weighted scarf proves very unformidable... <laughs> Werewolf helps him knock out the miserly Demolion. Uh. 
But he sees and gives chakes after the Snoopy-veiled woman and finds himself face-to-face with Dance Macabre. Notable moment, Tattered Amalian's followers here are a bunch of guys from a halfway house and they throw hot soup at Spidey to try to stop him. Jack Russell lets us know he can now control his power. Spider-Man's like, hey, and he's like, hey, don't worry about it. I can control my power. You haven't been reading my book. Uh, Spider-Man references his meeting with Spider-Woman in Spider-Woman 20. Yes. Um, also on page 27, they one-punch this tattered Amalian guy, and Jack Russell comments, all the trouble he gave us, and with one good punch, it's over. <laughs> I was thinking, me too. But it's not over because they carry over a whole bunch of these characters. From oh. June of 1980, Stanley presents Marvel Team-Up 94, featuring Spider-Man and the Shroud, in Darkness, Darkness, written by Grant, and now again, different people, Zach and Esposito. Spidey is back at the jazz club, where he started last issue. After messing with the jazz musician's cat and mouse, the Shroud shows up once again, plunging the nightclub into darkness, but using the spider sense, Spidey knocks him out. He grabs the midnight villain and swings him back to Dance Macabre. Uh, faster than she thought possible. Macabre decides to kill Shroud, but then the real Shroud shows up and a cosmic mythical battle occurs, with Spidey mixing it up here and there. Uh, Macabre is defeated and Shroud disappears as Peter's waiting for his flight back to New York. A blind man shows up, tells Peter that he is Shroud and Peter is Spider-Man, and then disappears. Notable moment, the jazz drummer Cat in the trio is knocked out, dressed as Shroud while unconscious, kidnapped by Spidey, and then left unconscious next to Dance Macabre. This uh, Dancing Macabre uh, turns invisible, but essentially Spider-Man and the Shroud have no problems defeating her anyway. They literally just (laughs) beat the crap out of her while she's invisible. And then Spider-Man attacks the Shroud. For some reason. Uh, um, I do not like this book. Let it, yeah, let it be noted my notable comment had nothing to do with anyone but the chess drummer in there. So Yeah, it's fine. I, I thought it was interesting. Yeah. He's, uh, yeah. he's my well, favorite jazz drummer in the, in the book. So. Yeah, well, I had no interest in talking about any other aspect of the book. Right. So. Once again, here we go. Small animal theme on Groundhog's Day, Eddie. From July of 1980, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 95 featuring Spider-Man and Mockingbird in... And no birds sing. Uh, Peter's back in New York City. But as he leaves the airport, he sees a woman assaulted. And we quickly learn the woman is Bobby Morse, a.k.a. the Mockingbird. She makes a short work of her assailant and dupes Spidey, leaving him confused as to why she's being attacked by... Those were S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, actually. Awakening after his encounter with Mockingbird, Spidey finds himself in S.H.I.E.L.D. headquarters, where director DeLondon gives a thorough explanation as to why Mockingbird is a threat that needs capturing. Unfortunately, DeLondon's ruse is quickly exposed, and although Mockingbird and Spidey have a little trouble with DeLondon, the one-eyed, cigarette-chomping Nick Fury helps them out. Notable moment, the lower part of Spidey's mask is ripped off in battle. There's a flying car and a robot clone of Nick Fury in the first half of this issue. It's 1980, by the way. And S.H.I.E.L.D. is corrupt for not the last time in the Marvel Universe. I'm not going to quiz you on the MCU of when S.H.I.E.L.D. is corrupt and when it's not, because we all know how that would end up. So, 
From August. Of, oh, wait, hold on. Eddie, how are you enjoying our Groundhog Day episode? <laughs> I'm really enjoying it. In fact, I think we have another small animal in our next book, right? From August of 1980, Stanley presents Marvel 2 Up 96, featuring Spider-Man and Howard the Duck in Panic in the Park by Alan Cooperberg. Yeah, he does everything in this book, too. Howard the Duck is taxing the world's latest supervillain, Status Quo, from Cleveland to New York for a mere $475. <laughs> Status Quo's origin story is of a disgruntled librarian living in an ever-changing world filled with skateboarders, joggers, and frisbee throwers that he despises. <laughs> Driven to stamp out fads, he feverishly studied manipulation and subliminal seduction techniques and now will draw together believers from all over. But he heads out to find Status Quo in Howard in the Park, but quickly assembled gang of unchanging outlaws is too difficult to corral with the news media converging on status quo's castle atop the park howard attacks the middle-aged dad bod villain but he saves howard but status quo is ready to bring his message to the masses through the media thankfully howard points out how disruptive status has been and after contemplating mr quo decides to go home Notable moment, there is so much tongue-in-cheek in this book, uh, along with great lines like, I can always appreciate practical despotism. This feels like a book the Multiverse of Badness is destined to cover soon. <laughs> uh, Spider-Man has one panel where he saved two people getting harassed at a disco, and he has two panels of webbing up some anti-Frisbee uptight guys. Except for those three panels, he only swings around occasionally. That's all he does in the whole book. I'm just going to say that again. He saves two people being harassed by grabbing them, and then he webs up some anti-Frisbee people who are like, hey, we hate Frisbees. <laughs> That's all he does in the entire book. And they pick up a Frisbee that says, it's a good thing status quo passed these things out in the park. And Spider-Man goes, Frisbees? But I thought you guys hate fads. We do. We hate it so much, we're willing to fight fads with fads and explosive TNT Frisbees. <laughs> they added TNT to the Frisbees? Thanks right. for the warning, Cuddles, and Spider-Man swings away. So, so they're throwing bombs on Frisbees, right? Yes, correct. And Spider-Man's response is what? What does he do to them for, for for arming these with bombs and chucking at people? He just what? He he just goes away. He just it's leaves. Too, too much for him to handle, I guess. He leaves. <laughs> right? He doesn't fight yeah. them. He doesn't fight. Out of there. He doesn't fight any of the people. No, there's no fighting. And then he all. sees it. He goes, holy smokes, that's cool. Give them jet propelled skateboards. <laughs> and they're like, you can't catch us all if we split up. I loved this book, James B. I really enjoyed it. Really? <laughs> I did. I like the irony. There's so many ironic, like, you know, Howard the Ducks has such dry humor and he makes fun of comic books in a couple of different ways that I really enjoyed. It well, was we easily my favorite. And Spider-Man now has to catch a bunch of old people on skateboards. And his response is on page 16, there's too many of them moving too fast. It's like trying to bail out a robot with a thimble. So he leaves. <laughs> it's just, like I said, it's like the anti-comic book. It's, it's hilariously written. Yeah, he can't stop any of them. And then, the, and then he finally, on page 22, like I said, finally lassos a couple of them and trips them up and captures them he webs them up page 22 because they're about to old men are about to harass these three kids and then their kids response is let's start a spider-man fan club there you go 
I wonder how that's going these days. From September of 1980, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 97 featuring Hulk and Spider-Woman in Doctor of Madness by Grant Infantino and Gordon. There's there's still a spider someone in here. Uh, so Hulk is out west giving cowboys trouble with Jessica Drew, a.k.a. Spider-Woman, bounty hunting. A bad baldy blasts Hulk with a gun that makes you feel happy. So Hulk turns back into Bruce Banner. Spider-Woman discovers the bad baldy. Dr. W. Lee Benway is running an illegal operation, implanting criminals' minds into weird giant creatures he creates. Hulk and Spider-Woman working together end up destroying the base with Dr. Benway fleeing. Notable moment. Uh, what happened to the happy gun that transformed Hulk? <laughs> that was easily the best part of this book. Wait, there was the best part of this book? I was making fun of the lack of Spider-Man in the previous book. Hulk and Spider-Woman, they do not cross paths in a book that's a team-up book. She is aware he is around and believes he died when the base was destroyed. And she is not, and he is not even aware she's in the book. I cannot emphasize that enough. Uh, I, want the ha- I want the happy gun. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's, it's, sure, Eddie, the happy gun. Speaking of small creatures, from August of 1980, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 98 featuring Spider-Man and the Black <laughs> Widow. <laughs> she is a petite woman, I guess. All right, continue. I, it's a spider. It's like a little creature, right? <laughs> In the Fatal Attraction of the Black Widow by Wolfman Mackenzie Minot. Uh, let it be noted, there's a giant banner across this uh, book that says, Win a Toys R Us shopping spree. Grand prize minimum value 3000 Details inside. Uh, well, let me tell you what's in the book. Spidey is flirtatiously disrupting the Black Willow's operation to catch illegal arms dealers. It looks like the pair of spandex-wearing heroes are blown up in a building, and Natasha's partner, Simon, is shot. Thankfully, Spidey created a cocoon that protected him and Natasha. With the arms dealers gone, Spidey decides to torment several goons by webbing them above the Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, he acquires new information, and Spidey and the Black Widow find their way to the headquarters of the bad guys, and lo and behold, the owl is the boss. Simon feels better and blasts the owl's hover chair as he tries to escape him, bringing the caper to a close. Notable moment. Spider-Man refers to Natasha as Red in this book. That is MJ's pet name. The goons in this book are Trout and Cricket. Uh, Cricket wears a shirt and tie, by the way, for a goon. Uh, There are lots of non-superheroes in this book, and there is a lot of fighting. Uh, This reminds me of Lemon and Tangerine from the Netflix movie Bullet Train. Eddie, have you seen Bullet Train on Netflix? I don't think I have, James V. You should. All right. I'll go watch it today. Well, you should watch Groundhog's Day today. Oh, that's and then, true. Then you should watch Bullet Train. No, Bullet Train's a great movie. It's 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 solid. It's has a lot of mystery to it. It's it's really good. It's a good movie. And there's two characters in suit and ties that are like these henchmen. And it's, it's a good story. Um, it's a better story than... From November of 1980, Stanley presents Marvel Team Up 99 featuring Spider-Man and Machine Man in a Spider-Man and Machine Man Makes 3. 
Uh, no furry animals that I know about. No. As Spidey's out swinging around, unwinding, we see Baron Brimstone and Sandman escape from prison. The Baron teleports the pair of baddies to his upper Westchester estate, where Sandman enjoys a beer while the Baron drinks some Bailey's Irish cream. They had to plan to do away with the Machine Man. They go after the Machine Man's friend, Pamela Quinn, and Spidey and Machine Man catch up not long after to battle the Baron and his Sandy friend. There's an obligatory hero battle that allows the baddies to escape, but using helicopter blades attached to Machine Man's head, they catch up with the bad guys again in battle. Spidey follows the Baron into a bizarre Doctor Strange-ish kind of world, and after more battle, the good guys win, and we feel a little badly for Machine Man for his inability to feel. Uh, I'll do your notable moment since you don't Thank seem you. to have one. Notable moment, Machine Man is a robot who has a human skin so he can have an alter ego working at an insurance company. His coworker Pan is in love with him, but she hates that cold robotic Machine Man. Pam, who hates the cold robotic Machine Man? This is Betty Brandt and Gwen Stacy, who both love Peter Parker, but hate Spider-Man at different times. You know, Spider-Man murdered oh, my dad. Spider-Man got oh, my brother okay, killed. Yes. So she's all like, Pam's all like, I love, why can't, you know, Aaron be here to hold me? And then she's like, oh, no, it's a terrible machine, man. Oh. And Aaron's <laughs> like, but uh, Pam, oh. So it's very much that. So Eddie, guess how many books we did? Was that a, uh, a new record of 10 Marvel team-ups in one podcast? Yeah, little, little dingoes right here, by the way. <laughs> so, yeah, it was. It was 10, and uh, that's a new record. And, boy, we're going to have, uh, as I say, records are made to be beaten, so we're going uh, to do an 11 pretty soon. Eddie, this is a Marvel team-up book. You know what that means? We have a Tink Bump toy sponsor. <laughs> I can't wait, James B. Tell me about it. Well, I just want to let you know, Eddie, the, the faster we go through the Marvel team-ups... <laughs> The less Tink Bump toy sponsors we have to deal with. Oh. Because their contract is only good through Marvel team ups. So Oh, well. Yeah, we're already we're already uh, two thirds through. But we, we, we love Mar we love Tink Bump toys. And you love toys, because if you do, the Tinkerer has gathered three Marvel team up experts or villains, whatever you think they are, to help design the newest line of Marvel team up action figures. You know who these guys are already by now? Uh, it's gotta be Machine Man would be really no. Awesome. I meant the people who actually designed the toys. Do you know like? Oh. Do you know the spiel? I've been reading it for like <laughs> ten episodes. Too you know. too many summaries today. I can't concentrate. James, uh, you're gonna have to. Summary. Fine. It's Monster Creator Baron Ludwig von Schump, the oh, Mad Thinker, go, and the yes. Puppet Master have lent their expertise to create the toys kids want to play with and collectors want to collect. This eleventh set has four figures from the classic Steve Grant run, his most famous heroes and villains. You know Steve Grant. Guy who apparently no one wants to ink for more than once. <laughs> Eddie, well, let's just get into it. From Marvel Team Up 93, it's soup-wielding henchmen. Yes, I from, like that one. Yeah, from your noble moment. Yes. So, from Marvel Team Up 97, uh, Natasha's partner, Simon. You talked about him today. Remember he got shot? You he, I, it, is it the version where he's collapsed on the ground because he got shot or where he's like holding his gun, blasting all? I think he's holding his gun, blasting all. It looks like oh, here. Yeah. Okay, well. Yeah, he's a hero. You can fight yeah, the soup-wielding henchmen. They can go at it together. They're, they're doing better then. I mean, you know, they're doing better. From Marvel TF94, 
Mouse, the female jazz musician, real name Angeline Morrow. So this is not the one who got dressed up as the Shroud. This is the girl who Spider-Man webbed up and had her in like hanging around for like a whole page. You remember her? Yes, yes. That was my notable moment once again in that book. So, so, and there's a bonus villain. It's not from the Grant, but Eddie. It's something you really wanted for Marvel Team of '96, your favorite book. You can actually get a status quo action figure. Dad bod, dad bod villain. Uh, well, all right. That's How a exciting. real. That's a real figure, Eddie. Status it's, quo. It's a major villain. It's been a while since we've had a major villain. Yeah, remember when he interfered with Spidey and they had that battle? <laughs> frisbee throwers. One of his guys did throw a frisbee that had a bomb on it or something. <laughs> no, did he? He's against frisbee throwers. They bother him. Remember? He like he confiscated one of his. Not him, but one of his buddies, and they throw it at Spider-Man, and it blows up. <laughs> really? Are you sure? I don't even remember Spider-Man inter- getting involved in this guy's life. Spider-Man Here. was just swung away from it. Well, if people want to talk to us more about status quo and soup-wielding henchmen, how can they reach us? <laughs> you can email us at letsreadspiderman at gmail.com, or find us on Twitter at letsreadspidey. Are you reading that part? You just know it by now. I I do just know it by now. Okay. <laughs> just curious. You know, it's in the show notes anyway, but... So, it's time for the close. I'm James B., joined by... Eddie! And River listeners, happy, happy Groundhog, Groundhog Day, Day from Let's, Let's Read, Read Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't you associate Groundhog Day with the old Murray movie more than the real holiday? <laughs> I do. It's time for the close. I'm James B. Joined by Eddie and River listeners. Happy, Happy Groundhog, Groundhog Day, Day from, from Let's, Let's Read, Read Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Goodbye. Goodbye. Don't you associate Groundhog Day with the Goldberg movie more than the real holiday? I do. It's time for the close. I'm James B. Joined by Eddie. <laughs> and remember, listeners. <laughs> Happy Happy Groundhog Groundhog Day Day from from Let's Let's Read Read (laughs) Spider-Man. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm not going to do it another time. (laughs) I think that's enough. It was good. Eddie, Gloria Grant and Sissy Ironwood are the only people that are in Peter's life in 10 books. 10. Briefly. Can we can we talk to Stephen Grant and be like, "Listen, dude, there are you could just cameo anybody. Two people. No no story development whatsoever in any way shape or form. And Sissy Ironwood wouldn't even count. I mean, she's No. Sissy. She's, just, she's infatuated by Beast the entire time. That yeah. She has no interest in Peter. Ah. Uh, uh. is, is Glory Grant going out with anybody at all in these issues? I, I I mean, I know she's working at the Bugle, so I'm like, she's not too far off, right? But I was stunned to see her and Peter just out on the town by they, themselves. Who else? Okay. Uh, give me three other people he could have been with. Go. You Let's can't see. use Sissy Ironwood. She's already been used in the first book. Go. 
In Marvel, I mean, he could always go out with MJ again. Uh, they're not seeing she each other always... right now. It's mixed signals. Nope. Mm-hmm. I say no. He'd go out with any of his new buddies from grad school, right? The Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man buddies? Oh, I guess that's true. You can't even name two of them. <laughs> go ahead. Go. Do it. Uh, there's the guy from White Dragon. Yeah. And... There's it's not a, a guy. Who, it doesn't count. You have to say there's a name. woman who's really angry at him all the time. <laughs> mm. I would have said Philip Chang. There we go. Good and, then I, and then I would have said the woman who's really angry at him all the time. <laughs> I don't know her name either. 